Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We recommend listening to the CW Pod with a glass of Steeple Ridge bourbon. Mm. Grown, distilled, well-rested, and bottled in Erling, Iowa. Now, from the Channel Seed Studios, this is the CW Pod, fueled by Steeple Ridge. Hello, friends, and welcome to... This week's CW Pod here on Iowa Everywhere. We are presented by Steeple Ridge Bourbon. Of course, I'm in the Channel Seed Studios, and I'm excited for today's guest. This is always one of my favorite episodes. I've been doing this since the start of my talk radio days. And I had this lovely lady on with me last year before we brought CW Pod over to Iowa Everywhere and had just one hell of a time talking about all things paranormal. I'm going to bring her on. Her name is Katie Hopkins. I'll let her tell you about what she does. But we also, we don't want to, we all enjoy a glass of Steeple Ridge bourbon. Probably not while we're investigating though, right? Like that, that seems, Katie, like a, I'm sure some people might do that. That seems like a bad idea to me. (laughs) Yes, it's not the greatest idea, but people have done it. (laughs) Yeah, because then like we talked last year. Now, if y'all, Bring Katie back. This is the second year in a row. Hopefully, I'm hoping that Katie and I, when we're like in our like 70s, we'll still be doing this every year around Halloween. But we did a lot of background last year on like not antagonizing the ghosts and being like a respectful investigator, all that good stuff. My Here's the point. If you want more of this, you'll have to go back and search. But this podcast used to exist on its own. It used to be called the Chris Williams podcast, and it's still up there because I, I actually listened to a little bit of it to prepare for this. Uh, but I, I'm going to try and not be too repetitive. But, Katie, we probably do it. We have a lot of people listening to this and watching this who sure. didn't see last year's episode. So I can't wait to get at this. So real quick, to give everybody a little bit of your background. You are um, over there in Benton County in eastern Iowa. You do a lot of historical work. You've published man, what, four books? Yep, Three books? Four. Yeah, yep, four, four books now. Mm-hmm. You just recently wrapped up a documentary that will be coming out in March. What am I missing? Tell everybody a little bit about yourself uh, as we get this thing set up. Yeah. So documentary actually was filmed in March. It came out this August, so it's out. Oh, it, it is <laughs> yeah. out? Yep, oh. it's out. Yep, yep. Oh, so I got to yep. watch that then because yeah. I, I didn't think it was out yet. I'm watching that tonight. I'm doing it yep. tonight. How do I watch it? Well, I know Corey right now has DVDs. I'm not sure if he put it out on any streaming network. 
I'm sure we can figure something out for you so you can watch it. So awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm Katie Hopkins. I'm the uh, vice president of the Benton County Historical Society and also run the paranormal tours um, there with my husband, Josh. So I've been in the paranormal field for, oh gosh, it's 2013. I've been in for 11 years now, um, 11 and a half years doing all things paranormal investigations, running locations, holding events, writing books, doing TV shows, documentaries, all that wonderful stuff. So um, I love doing it. I love the history part of it. It's why I got involved in it um, essentially was because I have my bachelor's degree in history and worked in a haunted location, had some friends come out and Lo and behold, here I am today, uh, you know, doing podcasts about paranormal. So that's kind of where my background uh, has taken me and is still leading me today. All right. Well, I've got a couple. So one of my co-hosts is going through a thing right now. And I actually invited him to be on with us today because he's like living this on a daily basis, but he, he couldn't make it. So I'm going to do my best to talk you through his scenario. Sure. Which is is fine. I have another one from a, a guy I met years ago, and I, I have promoted that I was having you on, and he's one of my you know most loyal listeners. And he sent me an experience that is going on with him that I kind of wanted to, to run by you. And yeah. I also just want to, you know, just go through your career and some of the the highs and lows and 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 I, and I do want to start just as a as a baseline to folks who maybe didn't listen to last year's episode. Yeah. But like there's a couple ways to do this. Like <laughs> I mean, like I feel like you could be an idiot when it comes to this stuff and go to like this alleged location and go in there and just start hooting and howling and being demonstrative and swearing and like, you know, Mm-hmm. What are, when you go on an investigation like what where do you, where's the baseline where's the starting point when when you walk into a house and the lights flip off and the cameras turn on what's the baseline for you yeah. So typically we just get a read of whatever location we're in. You know, we try to do a lot of EMF reading. So electromagnetic field will take little devices called K2 meters, or there's a, another device called a Mel meter, and it's going to read the electromagnetic field in the room. So typically your phones are going to set off um, an EMF device. A light switch um, can set it off as long as there's electricity to it. Uh, anything that really can read electricity or can emit electricity it's going to make those devices go off. So we're going to quick go around, make sure we have a good EMF reading. Um, we're going to understand where the high points are. I mean, if they're getting up in the 20s or 30s, you know, that's electricity. Now, if it's just going to like a 1.0 or a low one, then that could be maybe something paranormal. But we try to get a good read of what the EMF is around because also um electromagnetic field can also give energy to spirits to use. So we're going to understand maybe where some of those touch points could be um, where uh, spirits have a lot of energy to to give off. So we're really just going to kind of get a feel. We'll get the history. We are a group that likes to have the history just because mm-hmm. we like to use that for triggering and um, try to get things to um, respond to us by that. Uh, and then we'll just start off in, in one of the hot spots that, that the, 
location owner has has told us. So we'll go and we'll just try to communicate by asking just pretty generic general questions at first, uh, seeing if we can get any responses. Uh, and then if we are getting responses, we'll maybe try to dive a little deeper. We just always remember that they were once people and we just try to talk to them just like you and I are talking today, just having a conversation. So do you do like, are, are you the type like where if somebody's having a problem at their house, do you go into these homes? I, 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 do you do that level or yeah. is it just basically like the, you know, the historical stuff where uh, that, sure. you know, like ha, what kind of investigating do you do now? Mm -hmm. So in the past, we have gone to homes. Um, we haven't done much of that anymore. And even just investigating, we've really calm down a little bit. We're just doing really events and documentaries and, um, you know, things like that. But in the past, we have been called into homes to help with activity. Now, that was in my early years of investigating. And now that I've really grown into the field and have become more knowledgeable and uh, just have researched a lot more, a lot of the times if somebody reaches out and says, hey, I have a ghost in my house, can you come investigate? Investigating is going to more than likely increase your activity because now you're opening up a communication with that person mm -hmm. or with that spirit. And so I always forewarn them. I say, if you do an investigation, it's potentially going to get worse because you're now giving them permission basically to communicate. So a lot of the times it deters people <laughs> from wanting to have their houses investigated, but then I just give them tips on, you know, just don't recognize it or you can go get some sage. You can really do whatever to try and, and rid of it if you'd like, but investigating and opening a communication line, again, just like you open a communication line with a person, they're gonna talk to you and they're gonna continue and try to maybe even reach out to you later on. Um, so I really try to give them knowledge rather than just hop right on the, I'm going to go investigate your house because you need it. A lot okay, of times well, you don't need it. <laughs> I had other questions, but you led me into my, my friend and in, <laughs> okay. in his current situation. So, so if for our audience out there, if you didn't listen to Miller and Williams, we posted it on Tuesday night, John and I talked about this because again, I told John that I had Katie coming on with me and then he got into situation. So he recently moved into a new house and John's not a bullshitter. Like he is a bullshitter, but he, he wouldn't like, <laughs> he's not making this up for content. I hundred percent yeah. believe him. And, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, but a lot of weird <laughs> sounds, a lot of steps. Um, okay. Who's watching TV upstairs when no one's up there, that type of a deal. New house. Mm -hmm. Did some research, found out that there were some semi-tragic deaths in the house prior. I don't know if that means anything to you. I'll let you jump in on that. Um, yeah. He goes, he's a very deep thinker. He may have had a gummy in at this time. <laughs> he goes up into the room like the hot spot mm -hmm. and basically tells this, uh, whatever's happening. And he didn't know. But he, he's like, Hey, we're here in peace. Like we're the new people who live in this house. Like we're not here to do anything. Um, you know, like we're, we're not here to fight you. We're just, we're just here peacefully, uh, whatever, whatever he said. And it certainly hasn't stopped. In fact, last night 
he we had this whole we did this podcast about this unplanned we we did not know i had no idea we were getting into that and he told me about two hours after we did the pod everything picked up exponentially Mm -hmm. like his daughter was freaked out like all all sorts of stuff so you're telling me i'm reading into this like in john's situation if there indeed is a spirit in his house and he sat down to have a conversation with this thing he may have just lit the thing up possible yeah oh great hopefully <laughs> you're that john yeah yeah usually when you open up a that's why haunted locations that are open to investigations um a lot of the times you know after they've been investigated a lot or even sometimes in just the first few investigations you notice a lot more activity because it's one it's brand new possibly to the spirits and they're like oh this is really cool or they're like no i don't want to do this so i'm gonna now try to scare you <laughs> to get out of here um so usually when you, you're, you like I said, opening up that kind of just that communication line, either they're going to hop onto that and use it to say, yeah, I hear you. I can, I can hear you. I'll talk to you. Or again, sometimes it can even, I guess, on the flip side, deter it or again, make it to where, hey, I don't want you here. I'm going to do you know what i can to try to scare you a lot of the times that's not the case it's usually just more you're opening up a communication line but then to us we can't see these people or we can't see the spirits we can't necessarily hear their voices sometimes you can it's it's taboo for us and so that's why it is essentially sometimes scary uh because we we are not used to the things that we can't see and especially if it's a, a spirit so Yes, if he's tried to communicate, it possibly could have spiked an interest in the spirit to want to talk a little more. How much of it, like when you're, let's say, in theory, my friend John calls you and he wants you guys to come and mm-hmm. do do your thing. Would, and, and you did research and you found out perhaps somebody was brutally murdered in that house. What mm-hmm. what, what does that tell you as an investigator? So when I used to give lectures on uh, the paranormal, um, one of the things that we talked about was basically the recipe for a haunting, what can cause a haunting. And a tragic death is definitely one of those uh, because it was somebody being taken from this world, not necessarily at the time they were supposed to be taken from the world. And so um, they basically, I always go back, everybody laughs at me when I say this, but I always go back to Casper. (laughs) He had unfinished business. And so he mm-hmm. didn't leave. Casper was a ghost because he had, they talk about unfinished business. And so that's kind of how uh, looking at, at recipes for haunting, if somebody was murdered, if somebody was in a car accident, if somebody died of um, an, a, or, you know, a sudden illness, something like that, and they were taken and they weren't ready to leave the world, they can hang around. They can stick around and basically not go into the next realm of being out of, of the spirit realm. And so that's kind of how I talk to people about how spirits are created, how spirits are around. And um, yeah, so that's what I would would tell somebody, I guess, if it would come to why a spirit could be there. So again we're just assuming that this is a an actual spirit in his house what mm-hmm. makes a spirit like a peaceful one that is basically just hanging out there it's stuck or whatever yeah again compared it could just, to one that is angry yeah again it could just be if it was a tragic death and they were a 
nice person in in real life or you know in in their physical world they're going to be like that person in the in the spirit world so uh just again being a kind gentle spirit just kind of they they were a kind gentle person so that's really how you can look at spirits that way now if it was um so a spirit that's upset or angry it could be that they were just an upset person in the, in the physical world or again you can get a little farther and you can go into different types of spirits where maybe it's an elemental spirit which derived from the elements and um a, a lot of times those aren't very nice spirits um or it could be uh you know again going a little further than that a poltergeist anything of those you know kinds of different spirits but a lot of the times um you know, a lot of people like to go into this field and think everything's a demon, think everything is is evil, but that's really not the case. Those are, those are the very few far and in between types of haunting cases. You're usually going to come across the ones, again, that were just like you and I, and they've just now crossed into a different uh, realm that they're able to still communicate with the, the living world. Do you believe that once they're in that realm, they can can move on from there, or are they stuck there? Yeah. No, I think they can definitely move on. Um, and there's people that have the skills to try and cross spirits over into the next realm, whether it be whatever you believe, heaven, hell, yeah. you know, wherever wherever it could be. Um, but yeah, I think definitely if they find that peace. And if they don't want to be in that that world anymore, that they can definitely cross into another. another so, what other? You mentioned the the recipe. <laughs> what else is? I mean, because I I think we all think of like oh an insane asylum or an old like yeah. mental hospital or where mm -hmm. you know because back in the day there was a lot of abuse at those places right. and whatnot. Right. What what else if if you're thinking like man this could be a hot spot? What are some of the ingredients to that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, those are definitely good ones. Uh, you know, insane asylums, jails, prisons, those are definitely good ones just because a lot of, um, well, tragic, but also just a lot of violence and a lot of crime, a lot of uh, energy that, that would be emitted out uh, due to the activities that went on there. Um, and they also were filled with people. I, I mean, people give off the most energy than, you know, sometimes anything else. And uh, I talk about, you know, you walk into a room full of people and if you walk into a room full of happy people, more than likely you're going to be happy. If you walk into a room full of upset people, that energy may bring you down a little bit. So mm -hmm. I always look at it like that, too. I mean, if you think of an insane asylum from back in the 1800s, they were filled with with a ton of people, just like Waverly Hills was filled with a ton of tuberculosis patients. Um and so their energy could definitely stick into those walls for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, you know, if you go even way far back. Um, so that's that's kind of one of the recipes, I guess, if you'll say, is just energy from from people that used to be there. But also uh, you have to take into consideration the land that these places sit on too. Ener or land can hold energy just as much as a wall or a an object can. And if um, you know, like to go back to like Civil War battlefields, if you think of all the things that happened in a Civil yeah. War battle, I mean, it was tragic. It, a lot of people died, and again, that energy just kind of sticks there and, and emits itself out. It's going to ask that because one of the things I like to do, and my my sports audience gets a kick out of it, whenever I travel. 
for like an NCAA tournament or whatever, I like to get on Google and just find hot spots like museums or <laughs> restaurants or bars and I'll, and I'll go and hang out and have a whiskey there and just look around talk to the locals. What, wh- why do you think it is that some of these cities are kind of known for hot spots compared to, you know, other areas of the country? It's like, is it, is it just the history? Like, is I guess like, does the Eastern United States have more paranormal activity than you know, the Midwest, because it's older, does Europe have more than the United States? Or am I just, am I overthinking that? No, you're not overthinking. Um, I, you know, I used to definitely think that as well. And then again, the more research and things that I've done, just given again, kind of circumstances and things that have happened in the areas, I really think contributes to if it could be haunted. Now, clearly the East Coast of the United States is the oldest part of the United States. So it's going to have a lot more history, a lot more activity that happened, you know, at those times, um, a lot, possibly a lot more energy just because more people have maybe been there and more um, activities and, and events have, have taken place there. So if you think of, I always think of St. Augustine, Florida, because it's the oldest city in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, dating back to the 1500s. And so I think it's definitely a, a place that people would be intrigued by, especially in the paranormal, because it's so old. But then you go up to Salem, and that's another, you know, area that would be rich in history, especially, you know, witchcraft and all of that. Um, it's a place I want to visit, but is it more haunted than the Midwest? You can't really say. Um, just because we don't, we don't really know. I, I mean, it does have a lot more again, it has a lot more history. It has a lot more events that could cause a haunting. Um, but we here in Iowa, we have the Velisca Axe murder house. I mean, we have, uh, we have Malvern Manor, we have the Horridge house, you know, a lot of, a lot of historic things here too, that cause a haunting. So I don't know if I'd necessarily say it's more haunted, but I think it definitely is probably very haunted. <laughs> Yeah, I'm fascinated by that. I, I told you last year that I, I got to go and walk around Farrar, yeah, and, yep. which is pretty iconic in your world, I think, mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the research I've done. And I've read a book on it. And, yeah. And, you know, like the one thing people don't understand from what I gather is why that place is haunted. Mm-hmm. Like nobody died there. You know, there's no like tragedy that anybody right. can find. And, and the theory that, a lot of your colleagues has come up with is like the land thing. Like you're saying, yeah. like, why is that? Like they've even said maybe it's a portal or, you know, yeah. some, something like that. And it's, it's fascinating to me, like why these certain places I was out in Portland last year and talking to some locals and mm-hmm. they were explaining to me, like at some point there was a huge fire that wiped out like the whole city. And yeah. that's why it's like believed that Portland would be, like a paranormal hotspot mm-hmm. cuz you had all these people burned alive and like you know bad thing okay so you you go into a place you're investigating have you ever felt in danger oh yeah i mean definitely we've we've investigated places like missouri state penitentiary where you had some of the worst criminals um in history there uh i mean Velisca, you can also feel in danger, um, just kind of depending on what's going on. But um, at Missouri State Penitentiary, you know, you're down in the dungeons, you can't even see your hand in front of your face. And so you don't know what's around you. But also, given that, 
you know, a guy hunted one of the other inmates down and stabbed his eyes out with some scissors. You know, you think of things like that and you think of the types of spirits that could be there and they still have the gas chamber there that they executed multiple um different criminals and and then the last one was was executed by a lethal injection but uh Velisca I mean when my husband and I went there gosh that was in 2000 13, we weren't even a couple yet. Um, in 2013, uh, my husband and I went there and, you know, we smelled sulfur, which is typically associated with a, a demonic or even, you know, it's a very evil spirit. And so we felt so uncomfortable and I guess you could say in danger that we we ended up leaving. That was our cue to probably just pack it up. Wow. Um, and we've also, you know, in one of my books, um, I talked about, about the Buchanan County home. And uh, a spirit there that we saw, and he was very malicious, and we never felt comfortable around the spirit. We usually left the minute we could feel his presence. And so, so you're, you're not the type. It's like, man, this thing is this thing's hot. Like I'm get. You're just no. I'm getting out of here. Like it depends. I mean, if it's if it feels like it could be dangerous, I mean, you have to think of your safety. It, it, I'm not one to be. Uh, take me over and possess me kind of person. I have family. I have, I have children. Um, and so that's not, that's not the part of the paranormal that gets me excited, to be quite honest. I'd rather sit at a place like the Horridge House and have a conversation with George Horridge and figure out more things about him than to have a demon or an evil spirit chasing me around. I know there are a lot of the shows like to do that because that's entertainment, but yeah. um for me, that's not the most exciting thing about the paranormal. So I'm, I'm not a skeptic. Obviously, I'm very open mm-hmm. to all. I've never had an experience. I will say, and I wanted to pick your brain on this. Like I was watching one on Ferrar, and it yeah. was like a internet only one or whatever that some guys did, and you know, somebody allegedly was possessed there, where. I mean, it was this guy and they couldn't get him back. And like, do you believe in that? Like, have you seen that? I guess. Cause like I was watching it and I was like, this is bullshit. And I generally, <laughs> like I generally watch these things and I'm totally open-minded to all of it. I was like, this doesn't look real to me, but I also, um, I want to respect it. Cause it's like, I don't know. Like I, I, I enter every day in this world being like, Hey, you know what? Um, I might be surprised today. That's fine. Have you ever, Yeah. what is your experience with possession and, you know, the demonic yeah. aspect of all this? Because that's where it's like, for me, like, okay, are there spirits here is one thing. Like that crosses another line that gets super terrifying that mm-hmm. you just can't, can't really explain any of this, but right. where, where are you at on that? Have you ever seen anything like that? No. <laughs> and um, okay. it comes down to being, educated in that aspect because being possessed versus being taken over are two separate things and being a possession isn't just an automatic like i'm a demon here i'm gonna quick possess you possession has three stages and it's not something that happens overnight where a spirit and we're in a haunted location and they decide they want to 
try to maybe intermingle with your energy and now their energy is stronger basically within your energy, yes, that can happen to where you are basically feeling their emotion. It could be angry. It could be happy. It could be sad, whatever. But um, it, I, I'm going to very say this very confidently that that person was not possessed in Ferrar. They were possibly taken over. And when they were taken over, the energy of that spirit was basically coming out more than they could handle or that that spirit was taking over them enough or sharing the energy with them enough that it was getting him maybe even loopy. I don't know what, what was happening. But to be possessed by an actual demon, you have to go through first. I can't remember all the. I know oppression is one of them. They're going to make you feel the lowest of the low. They're going to make you feel like you just can't survive anymore. And then when you are at your weakest, that is when a demonic possession happens. I have never seen one. I don't ever want to see one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they are again. <sighs> That's such a good question. You know, I've had mixed thoughts of it over yeah. time um i've heard some things from very reputable sources that make me believe that there is something happening um i i mean dave schrader he was uh the lead investigator on the holzer files uh had a show called ghosts of devil's perch um we had him at an event a few weeks ago and I mean he was talking about some of these things that you know Hans Holzer and the Warrens uh you know Ed and Lorraine Warren witnessed and it's hard to not believe them but then again I've never witnessed it so I can't really say whether I don't I honestly don't know if I even want to believe yeah. that it exists because it's have, frightening have you ever witnessed or been seeing a takeover yeah oh yeah I think you told yeah. me about that last year. It, yeah, it's happened yeah. to my, yeah, it's happened to me. Um, it's happened to my friend, Brittany. Um, hers was at the Buchanan County home. Mine was at Farrar. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Look at yeah, Farrar just the, yeah. <laughs> all over yeah. this podcast. Yeah. What so happened? My, what, explain it to me. Yeah. So I was in the janitor's closet and this happened in 2012. So this was a while ago. The janitor's um, closet is uh, a horrific, again, when I was there, mm -hmm nothing happened to us mm -hmm. but that area had a different type of feeling that mm -hmm. in the boiler room yeah. in the basement okay so you're, yeah. you walk into the janitor's closet yep so i was in the janitor's closet it was an event that uh the team i was a part of at that time was hosting and we actually we had tim dwight as one of our uh special guests at this event <laughs> wow uh i'm a big go. tim dwight fan uh he's, he's I, iconic I one of the all-time yeah. greats yeah yeah yep and so um was really getting along well with him and and he you know he was doing this for his foundation and we were sharing some of the proceeds with him and uh i was around him most of the night really nice guy very nice guy was very just friendly and we were in the janitor's closet and we were asking different questions things like that and then all of a sudden i felt really angry um to where i almost wanted to turn and just punch him i'm like this is tim that would have been a bad decision with that guy but know, right? <laughs> yeah and i'm like no I, I this guy's awesome and um and so i mean i'm a, a hawkeye fan i've been a hawkeye fan for my entire life and i you know i knew exactly who tim dwight was and um and so 
he uh he is standing there and i just i start clenching my fists and i just looked at everybody i'm like guys i gotta get out of this room i don't know what's going on but i don't feel right i feel very angry and i just it just doesn't feel good so um I ended up walking out of the room. I basically caught it quick enough to not be fully taken over, but the energy that mingled with mine actually stuck with me even after that. So I took it home. Okay. So I I was going to ask you if that could happen, if that mm -hmm. was possible. I've heard of it. You've experienced yep. this. Yep. So I took the energy home with me. Um, it wasn't necessarily like it was haunting my house, but it basically was haunting me and just stick it my energy myself I wasn't me so my mom um I'm usually a pretty bubbly happy person and my mom just kind of noticed a shift in me that I was getting really you know I was angry at the little things I wasn't being my normal happy self so she she's not a skeptic, but she doesn't really like to delve into the paranormal side very much. Um, she's just like, I think you need to go see like a spiritual healer or something, because I think you're just, you're not, something's, your energy's off is basically what she had said. And so I went to a spiritual healer um, and she performed some Reiki and did other things and cleansed my energy. And uh, I laid down, they basically do this year, like on a massage table and, um, I laid down and she looked at me and goes, what were you doing in a janitor's closet? And I was just kind of open because I hadn't told her really anything about why I was there. I just said, I think I just need my energy cleared. And uh, that was the first thing she said to me. And I was just like, oh, boy. <laughs> and so I I told her, um, you know, then after she had said that what happened and she's like, well, basically the spirit that has connected with you. Uh, saw your energy as compassion and that you basically are compassionate or a compassionate person, no matter what that person has done. And so he thought he wanted to connect with your energy and be with you because you had compassion for him. And uh, she got him cleared out and it was almost like my face just even changed when it happened. But uh, yeah, that was a interesting experience. And I learned a lot to be able to ground myself and not, um, let spirits collide with my energy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I have so many questions from that. <laughs> okay. So I guess I would start, you, you mentioned this earlier about you, you've recommended people. Maybe my friend John would be good with this, but about sage, yeah. I mean, like the spice, like the, the plant. <laughs> Like yeah, plant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to so, go get sage like in the dry yeah. sage and you know, wave so, it but around. But you, you you mentioned you go to this cleanser. Yeah. What 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 do they do exactly and and why does that work? Yeah, so um you can do anything from like white sage, a bundle of white sage to uh Palo Santo. It's a, a just a wood. It's just a wood you can burn. And it's just meant to be able to kind of just cleanse the area. Um you have to do it in a specific way, which I'll plug YouTube. Um <laughs> there are YouTube videos out there on how to cleanse a space, whether it be, you know, spirits that you're cleansing, whether it just be your own energy you want to cleanse. Um, because there are certain ways you do have to do it. Like you have to back out of the room and you can't go face forward out of the room because basically when you're backing it out, you're guiding it out to leave. Um, so you can do certain things like that. I personally have bought sage spray before. Um, and if I've just felt like 
I needed an energy boost or an energy clear, I would do kind of like a rainbow um, around me. Uh, we've also taken it to locations with us as well, just because if we're going to a location that maybe has a darker history, um, we'll usually take Sage with us and Sage ourselves after we've investigated. So, so I ask you that because I, I'm somewhat connected to Johnny over there at Velisca. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. My dad used to mow their lawn and um, oh. fertilize. And so he got to know Johnny through all that. Yeah, and, Johnny's great. And and Johnny has told stories on like that. He's thought some of the kids from that house have ended up in his house. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I guess I always theorized it's like, they're tired of all these people. Like it, so I, that's where I was, because I everybody I've talked to, like we're, my buddy English, we were talking about coming and hanging out with you guys. He's yeah. Like as long as it doesn't follow me home. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I, like is that even possible? But you you claim that it's so. Like, if it if yep. that spirit came with you home. Yep. Is it still in Ferrar? Or is it just gone now? Because it came that's with a you. Question. And you cleansed it. I I don't know. Like. The, you know, you know I what I love about this conversation, though, Katie, is we don't have answers to any of this stuff. Yeah, it's not like right? we, we don't really know. But that, yeah. that, that's why we like talking to each other, I guess, because our minds are kind of thinking that way. But like, yeah, it's fascinating to me, that aspect yeah. of it, because then it's like, so, OK, so that it's it's gone. But that could that thing come back to your house? Could it? I, I don't know. Like uh, wild stuff. I think that. Gosh, I don't think you'd honestly know unless you did like an experiment where you try to get a spirit to go with you and then somebody's back at the location and they try to maybe communicate with it. But you'll never know because you can never flip on a switch, you know, yeah. for the paranormal. So that's a that's a good question. I mean, because I honestly don't know the answer to that. And I don't think anybody could know the answer to that. All right. What about the physical aspects? Of this, so when when I watch the shows and when I've read the books, the communication aspect is always highlighted, right? Like, oh my god, I just said this thing during a digital on a digital recorder. Like, mm -hmm. You can hear it trying to talk. Have you seen anyone, or have you ever been hurt? Like, you've seen like, oh, I have scratches, or mm -hmm. that thing did this to like, yeah. What what makes it cross over to become physical? And I guess like what what I was mm -hmm. curious about is how does that even work? If it's not an actual like yeah. being, you know, it's yeah. a, it's a spirit like stuck in this like you, you know where I'm at. Like, yeah. have you ever seen yeah. that? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, we've all been scratched. I've been scratched. My husband's been scratched. Um, you know, we've been on investigations where we have multiple people, and somebody comes up and shows me a scratch on their arm. Scratching, you know, I always say. Uh, I always ask, well, how'd you feel? You know, well, how'd you feel prior to being scratched? And if like, I felt fine, it could have just been somebody trying to communicate and that's just the way they could do it. Um, Cause it's not like they have the same energy as we do where they can just sit here and have a full on conversation. Um, a lot of the times just to say one to two words can be like running a marathon for them. So if that's how they're like, Hey, I want your attention. And that's what I can do is wave my arm. And then I scratch your arm. Again, you have to be educated in this stuff because somebody who's not, somebody who's a novice is going to be like, oh my gosh, that is a demon that just scratched my arm or that is an evil spirit. And they're yeah. going to take it as as harmful. 
Um, now, again, going back to Dave Schrader, um, really, again, really great guy. Uh, he on on the Holzer files was pretty much knocked off of his feet. Um, I believe it was at the Whaley house and I've been pushed and it really just, how I would explain it is that it just feels like a rush of energy that goes through you and it just kind of knocks you over. It's not necessarily, sometimes I guess you probably could feel, you know, hands or whatever pushing you back, but it, it really, you know, it's, that's what spirits are is their energy. And if it's just a rush of energy going through, you just kind of, I mean, think of yourself at a football game. You're really excited. You got your adrenaline going. Sometimes you lose your balance or sometimes, you know, something like that happens. Um, I think of it as just a big ball of energy that maybe rushed right through you. And again, the spirit could have rushed right through you so quickly that it pushed you over. So that's kind of how I look at those. Um, could it be a spirit came up to you and had their full on hands and went like that? Sure. Um, but again, their energy. And that's how I really kind of think of those instances. Kind of reminds me of like playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, like there's a lot of these rookies that have more talent. Like they've just got the guy given talent, but they also, they haven't had the reps. Uh-huh. Like I, does it help you now that you've had these reps that you've done it so many times? Cause like, here's what I always say to skeptics. I would say, okay, let's let's say there's just a million people in the world, or there. Make let's make it smaller. There's a hundred people that have had an experience, mm-hmm. okay, and they'll be like, oh, it's their mind playing tricks on them. Well, maybe sometimes, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I will absolutely. We've all done that where you're sitting there in the dark, and a car drives by, and the reflection off of a mirror, and there's an orb that goes through your like. There's sometimes there's explanations for this stuff, right? But not everybody's doing that. Right. And like for me, like with you now, you've had all these reps where you've gone through this where I mean, I just in my mind, you decipher out the bullshit a lot better now, like where you can you're not going to freak out every time you hear something and Mm -hmm. you can just be more sound with it. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Yep. I've become almost. I'm not a skeptic, clearly. But I've become more knowledgeable of what spirits can and can't do. And I've become more knowledgeable to understand that not everything is paranormal, but um, also just, you know, when people, I've seen apparitions, I've seen shadow figures, but the odds of, I mean, I can probably count on two of my hands how many times I've seen those in the midst of 11 years. So just to give people an understanding, you know, you go into a place that's known to be extremely haunted and you think, oh, I'm going to see like five apparitions tonight. Sure, you very well could, but the odds of that happening are very limited. Hmm. And that's, I think, what people need to understand. Um, and again, that just comes from my my experience and being in this field for so long that you're going to have probably fewer experiences than you think. But when you do have one, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's kind of like me golfing when I hit a good shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so last thing, and then I want to talk, I want to talk to you about this listener. Cause sure. it sounds honestly, and, he, and he's a good guy. I know him. It sounds nuts. What he wrote to me, but again, I don't want to be judgmental and I'm guessing right. you've had experience with, with something. 
Um, but like when we, we talked about this a lot on the last one. So you explained how you do an investigation. Mm-hmm. If, if my friend John, who has had the stuff in his house, if he would have gone up there and started dropping F-bombs and telling it to get the hell out, could he have had a different situation on his hands? Oh, yeah. And that's what you encourage people not to do, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you, you went over. We did. We went in depth on this last year. Yeah. But what is the difference? Be if if there's a couple of twenty five year old know it alls, and they say, Katie, we want to come and we want to rent out the house, and we're gonna go and 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 damn it, we're gonna make something happen. Will you? <laughs> no, it's just disrespectful. No, I don't, yeah, not will you yeah. let it, but will, do you have a higher chance, I guess, of of seeing something, oh, of having sure. something happen? You know what I mean? No, not necessarily. I, okay. I mean, you know, I think if you go in, you know, guns blazing and you're yelling the F-bomb here and there and you're a, coming across a spirit that's like, I'm not dealing with this crap. They're going to yeah. just walk away. Um, or you're on the flip side where you go in like that and now you've just pissed off a, a spirit that you can't handle. You might be in for something a little bit more you that you didn't want, and so yeah, big shot. Okay, who's, mm-hmm. who's talking now? Yeah. Yep. All right. So my friend, I'm not going to name his name out of out of respect to him. I don't want people giving him shit on Twitter. Really good sure. guy. Um. So he says that I don't know how he got this thing. Again, he had heard that I had I was having you on the podcast because I had promoted it. And he asked me this in confidence because he he wanted like actual answers to this from a professional. Um he somehow has a doll that he describes it with nails in its eyes. Okay. Some friends of his found it in a cave. Oh, and gosh. Okay, like again, I don't know the background of this. I yeah. wish I could have had him on here to talk to you. Yeah. He says that he has it at his house. All right, he may have had it. I don't know mm-hmm. now. He said ever since he's had sleep paralysis and he's been getting claws in his sides at night. Wow. What do you think of and and again like I I know this guy like I don't I don't think he's yeah. I feel like something's going on here. I don't right. think he's making this up. I also mm-hmm. wonder like you know there's this doll like, like yeah. is is that like what what is that what's the significance of that? Like what what do you think of that? Just mm-hmm. again I I'm guessing you need more information to truly like dive into this. But what would you say to him like just off the whim? <laughs> burn it no <laughs> um <laughs> wow so okay so they found a doll in a random cave that had nails in his eyes okay um he said he's looked it up on like the internet and stuff and these dolls are like they don't get good reviews we'll put it that way <laughs> i'm not getting so. five stars here with these t- now, these types of dolls okay so it's, it's, now it, it feels ouija boardish to me yeah uh, it feels very much that that doll probably has some kind of crazy attachment to it. Um, that's that's maybe really that's why somebody left it in a cave, right? <laughs> yeah, could be. Um, yeah, I would say that. I mean, just based on the little bit of information, if he was fine until this doll showed up, there could be something attached to the doll. Could be that whatever's attached to the doll is clearly not very nice, or um 
I'd actually be interested to know how he feels around the doll. I mean, does he feel uneasy? Does he feel comfortable? I mean, he clearly has kept it. So I don't, I'd, I'd be interested to know his, his feelings around it because the scratches again, you know, I'll go back to, um, I mean, is it, and if it's breaking his skin, you know, I guess I'd be interested in to know kind of more about I'll the scratches. I'll give him your contact info. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested to know about what the scratches look like, you know, if they're in threes if there's any letter shape to them, anything like that, because then you could be maybe getting down to the nitty gritty of some more information. Quick take here. And I got to let you go get your kids. Cause I could keep you for four hours. You're totally fine. <laughs> the Ouija board thing. So when I was at Farrar, mm-hmm. I noticed down in the boiler room, like there was clearly some Ouija board action going on based on how the chairs and everything was set up. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't necessarily know. I've always thought with Ouija boards is like, people are just going to move it wherever. Like mm-hmm. to me, it's like, it's just very Like if the thing's moving on its own, that's one thing, but if everybody has their hands on it, they're going to move it to like human can take control however when i read about these places that you can like rent out and these your investigators can go like oftentimes the owners will say no ouija boards allowed right so clearly like there's there's something in your world that i don't understand about this particular tool that i can go buy at walmart right like what (laughs) what is it about these things you know it's really not necessarily the board it is the people manipulating the board. So it's the people using it and not knowing how to open and close spirit communication. Um, Because we use multiple different communication devices in the uh, paranormal field, like a ghost box, uh, a necrophone. And those all basically are just digital Ouija boards because we're doing the same thing. We're asking a question and we're hoping for an answer. An Ouija board is just a board, a communication board. And so a lot of the time, so again, if you're not educated on that stuff and you just know the scary side of an Ouija board, like when we were 12 and we were in my parents' basement playing with an Ouija board and now the lights are flickering or something like that, it just... It really just depends on if you know how to open and close spirit communication. And that goes for any kind of communication device in the paranormal field. You just have to understand when you open it, it's open. Spirits can communicate at this time, but then you're closing it off once you're done. And usually you can just do that by saying, thank you for communicating with us today. We are now going to close this communication line. You are not welcome to cross through the communication line, things like that. Some people use a gatekeeper kind of experience or kind of situation and scenario as well. Uh, it's really just being able to understand how to how to open and close. So the Ouija board Excel itself isn't like a portal to hell like i mean because that's what it kind of gets framed at it's like yeah. oh well now it's going to get demonic in here because you brought yeah. out this piece of cardboard that's <laughs> yeah, the right. part to me where i'm always been like what like yeah mm-hmm. uh, okay last question i have for you because i'm a techie like look our studio here that you're on with me today is much better than it was a year ago we're evolving <laughs> here has the uh you know, because I watch the shows and you all have your digital voice recorders that I use when I interview coaches and yeah. and then they run it through Adobe and you can see like if something spikes and all that. Uh, how is that 
changing your field? Is it rapid? Like, is it like, oh, every year I got a new tool or how is that making your life more efficient and maybe better at what you do? Yeah, there's a lot of new tools coming out. Um, There's a shop called Ghost Stop um, and there's a lot of new things and a lot of, uh, so like right now, one of the big things is a tripwire. And so it's just this line of lights. And when a spirit's supposedly walking by it, the lights change. So Hmm. that's definitely uh, been an interesting one. REM pods and things like that have been around for a long time. One that we really like that's come up uh, is called a flux. And you turn just a little dial on it and then it calibrates and then it blinks blue. But then once something walks by it or moves by it on a certain side, one side lights up green, one side lights up red. And uh, we use it a lot. And actually in the documentary I was talking about, you can see it working um, in that documentary. And uh, that's probably one of the things that we really enjoy is is something like that. We like a lot of um, those EMF reader devices, mm-hmm. just because we feel like those can really show us a lot more than audio is great. I like audio recorders. I have an app on my phone called dead wave. Um, and it's supposed to be like a necrophonic kind of, um, tool. We use it sometimes, but then it also, I'm leery of it because it's on a phone. Yeah. Who knows? Does your Uh, phone ever die? I've heard that the electronics will just die. My phone hasn't, but cameras definitely have cameras or like our devices. Yeah. And the, the theory behind that is that the spirit is trying to take the energy. Suck the it. energy from it. Yep. Yeah. Because yep. you, you read about that a lot. Yep. You always have extra batteries and stuff like that when you go to these places. <laughs> Usually if we remember, yes. <laughs> well, to close things, um, I really do. I mean this. We said it last year. I was kind of in flux starting this new company. I really think this winter or spring maybe we could do something really cool with benton county and everything you do in iowa everywhere we have some really good videographers who i think would be up for the task and maybe take a listener or two or i I don't know but i i think it could be really cool a promotional deal for you and hopefully um an educational deal And, and and to be honest and brutally selfish like i would just really love to do it like I, yeah. <laughs> it's really fun for me to think about. And like, say when I went out to Ferrar, it was just me and a couple of friends, which it was, you know, the best part of that, Katie is the, the couple I went out there with and we got permission by the owner. Right. They, um, the couple I went with, went to school there. Oh, cool. It was neat because that mm-hmm. building has just been abandoned. If yeah. You, yep. And we were going through the different classrooms and they were showing me like, yeah, well, this is where I sat. And they were the last class that went there. Okay. Oh, wow. And we're up in one of the classrooms and their old, like name tags were up there. Like (laughs) they found theirs, like nothing. And it was really neat because they were like, well, this was Mrs. Johnson's room and she was a sweetheart. And then, you know, and they're, they were showing me like the principal's office, which is like one of the hot spots. And then, We went into that, that creepy gym is, you know, that you walk into that thing, you start, the lower you get into that place, to yeah. me is the, the, the weirder that place gets. But I was like, man, this would be really cool 
if we would just even had a video camera and like had these people telling the story and, but if I do it, I want to do it with you and your husband though. Like I, I don't want to like go in there, me and my asshole friends. And like all of a sudden we got, you know, Mr. Johnson's connected to me coming home. I I don't, I got too much respect for what y'all do. Like I'm not going to, but I, I think it could be a really cool piece of content that we all do together. Yeah. We'd be up for it whenever. All right. Well, I appreciate you. So real quick, give me, let's give another plug. So first of all, your guys' Facebook page is phenomenal. I I follow it and I'm always getting updates there. The Benton County Historical Society Paranormal Tours is the one that I'm on. Uh, Really good stuff there. And then we also want to plug this documentary. I'm going to, and I'll do it on my social media feeds too. Great. And and also your book. So if you just go on and, and like what? go into Amazon and put your name in there? Is that the best way to find your books? Yeah. So my books, you can typically, if you type in one of them, the others will pop up. Um, My newest one is uh, From Past to Present, The History of Benton County, Iowa. Um, And then I have Seeing Spirits, Opening the Empathic Door, uh, Visions from the Afterlife, and then Iowa Haunted Corridor. Uh, But yeah, just Amazon. I have a few... um, Benton County books of my own here. So if anybody's interested, they're more than welcome to reach out and I'd even be happy to, to send them one personally. Oh, that's great. That's phenomenal. I'll, uh, I'll link everything on, on social media as well for you guys. If you want to go and follow us at Iowa everywhere, we'll, we'll put it up there with this Katie. So thanks so much. It it will not take another year for (laughs) us to be in contact because we are going to do this and i'm if if tim if tim dwight can go hunting with you i'm going to <laughs> yes you're more than welcome <laughs> hopefully you don't get taken over when i'm with yeah. you no I, I don't think i will <laughs> thank you katie i'm gonna let you go and do a little bit more here but we really appreciate right. your time thanks so much thanks for having right. me thank you that is katie hopkins uh, again she was a guest of mine last year and i loved it i would do like a weekly pod on this type of stuff if it if it was possible uh the annual halloween episode again we're gonna work on getting something set up thanks to katie thanks to our great sponsor steeple ridge bourbon the lonely oak distillery go and get you a glass for this upcoming weekend it's gonna start getting cold here in the state now it'll warm you up like a gra- glass of the steeple ridge bourbon all right i'm chris williams guys thanks so much for listening thanks so much for watching on the youtube iowa everywhere